This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, yes, it sure is. Back in action, coming to you live. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not flying north to surrender to authorities. Wow. Donald Trump boarding a plane in Florida any second now. He will be heading up to the Big Apple, where he will be formally indicted on finance violations. It is the first time in the 246-year history of this country that we've been subjected to such a thing. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We're going to try to figure it out with Pete Hegseth, who will be in the house, as well as Fox News contributor and legal analyst Andrew McCarthy, who is going to join us as well. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to offer your own legal expertise, either way you slice it, agree, disagree, we don't care. The show is an all skate. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be an Independent. All we ask is that you don't be a Happy Monday, everybody. Wow. What a week to be in New York. What a week to be getting out of New York. I am, of course, here uh, for the next three days. I will be on Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock. You want to check that out? Hey, girl, tomorrow, uh, scheduled for Fox and Friends and the Ingram Angle. Wednesday, uh, back in studio. Hannity's doing a live town hall in front of a studio audience. And then Thursday, I am out of town, girl. I'm heading out to Bend, Oregon, where I will be at the Tower Theater. That show completely sold out. You cannot get a ticket. I am sorry. Uh, But I can inform you that Saturday night show at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, still has about 20 seats left if you want to get in. So there you go. That is Saturday night, April the 8th. It's the Egyptian Theater. It is Boise, Idaho. If you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, get those tickets now. They'll sell out by the end of the show. Uh, Of course, back here on the East Coast, the big show's going down tomorrow on Center Street. That is where the courthouse is. That is where your 45th president is heading downtown to formally get arraigned on some type of bookkeeping violation. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know. But this is, as of now, as it's presently constituted, based on what we do know, because the indictment hasn't been unsealed, 
it is being trashed. I mean, universally, the people that are running against Trump in 2024, like Ron DeSantis, are trashing it. Even a guy like Bill Barr, who served under Trump, has, you know, is no fan of the president or his behavior, was still making the media rounds over the weekend and saying this was a garbage move. It was a move where we took the country. It's a 246-year-old country, same age as Joe Biden. Okay, we took the country across a Rubicon that we'll never recover from in terms of prosecuting presidents. And we didn't do it because of any of the sensationalized allegations like, oh, it was treasonous Russian collusion. Wrong. Yeah, that didn't happen. Then they were like, oh, he was selling nuclear secrets. It was made up by these sick people. For sure it was. Then, of course, CNN reporting what? Oh, he's, uh, you know. Withholding aid from Ukraine. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They've accused Trump of some really big things. Big, I mean, huge things. Collusion. Like I said, Russia now controls our government. That was the accusation out of the gate in his presidency. This was an Austin Powers movie where Dr. Evil had seized control of America. You shut your mouth, you bastard. But that was the allegation. And then that became, you know, withholding aid from Ukraine. He was doing all kinds of chicanery on his taxes. and was going to die in prison for that. None of those stuff stuck. So they went to, wow, the classified documents. I'm telling you, this guy's got the classified documents. It's a bad situation. Well, lo and behold, we don't know that he's being charged for any of that. Okay, he does have Secret Service agents that are supposed to give a deposition in this uh, D.C. this week as it pertains to his retention of classified documents. But what we do know is the president is leaving Mar-a-Lago any second now. Trump Force One heading north. He's going to be at Trump Tower tonight. And he will formally surrender tomorrow on what amounts to a parking ticket. Here is Bill Barr talking about crossing the Rubicon and how we've taken a crime that you know, will ultimately plunge us into banana republic territory in terms of turning our justice system against our own elected leaders. And we'll be doing it with not a hell of a whole lot to gain, not to mention the legal ground that this is planted on is very, very shaky. It's clip six. Well, that's an, you know, that's going to be a constitutional issue, but it's actually brag, it seems to me, that's jumped into the federal arena. He's, he's interfering in a federal uh, election process, and his case is built on an alleged violation of federal law. He wouldn't be able to survive the statute of limitations and not be able to juice what is a misdemeanor into a felony without claiming that there's a violation of federal law. So he's the one that has essentially weighed into the federal arena. And the real danger of this thing over the long term isn't so much narrowed to Trump. It's that now we have thousands of DAs around the country. Now that the Rubicon has been crossed, uh, any one of them can sort of find federal candidates or, or someone in, or federal office holders and so forth can find some state law they want to pursue the person on and get themselves into the national political arena. Oh, I'm in trouble. Well, that's essentially what he's saying. A guy like Biden, whose family has, you know, to put it generously, some very sketchy financial relationships around the world. Are you the big man, Joe? OK, if the president is now everything's in play. This would mean, from a legal standpoint, Biden is now in play, and certainly his son Hunter. Hunter's a dirtbag. Now, understand, okay, the fact that we've unleashed this torrent 
okay, is being done, I got to be honest, not with, you know, an eye on protecting the country, but with an eye on protecting the political fortunes of Alvin Bragg. So Alvin Bragg, the local district attorney here in New York, succeeded a guy by the name of Cy Vance Jr. who chose not to bring this case against Trump. Vance had the same option. Prior to him having this option, federal prosecutors had the same option. Okay, Vance and the feds both asked to charge Trump on this very charge. They both said the answer would be no, not doing it. Okay, so understand there was some precedent here for not charging him. This was considered a zombie case. But Alvin Bragg, who as a district attorney, declared his first day in office he wouldn't be prosecuting certain violent crimes under these new woke bail reforms and woke discovery initiatives. Everything woke turns to But the guy who said he would not be supporting violent crimes or prosecuting certain violent crimes. The guy who wrote down 52% of violent felonies to misdemeanors is now attempting to upgrade one misdemeanor into a felony. That's not right. Okay, not from a legal standpoint, not from a, you know, obligation to protect the people of this city standpoint. Alvin Bragg is a district attorney, has successfully convicted just 51% of the violent crimes that have been charged in this city. You gotta do better than that. 51, so you got a 50 50. I mean, you're like literally getting away with murder right now, is where we are as a people. And nobody walking the streets of New York tonight, watching women get thrown in front of trains, people stabbed and raped and robbed, is going, man, if only we could charge an ex president because he paid a stripper in the check instead of paying her by singles. Yeah, it's unbelievable what went on there. I mean, we forget about you know me getting thrown in front of this train. I know you're going to hit me over the head with a brick. I'll I'll deal with that if we can just get the president. Okay, that's the misappropriation of justice we're dealing with here. Now, Chuck Todd flat out asked his predecessor Cyrus Vance what kind of indictment he expected and why he didn't charge Trump in the past. Here is their exchange clip three. Do you expect this to be a speaking indictment, um, essentially laying out the facts in some detail when we finally get it unsealed? I, I would anticipate, although I obviously don't know, that it would be a speaking indictment. And our, our office, when I was district attorney, used speaking indictments uh, appropriately, I think, in order to explain the background facts uh, that lead up to the specific charges in the indictment. Uh, I think it's a mechanism by which uh, the public official can explain in a public and legitimate way uh, why the case is being brought and what evidence, uh, generally speaking, can be anticipated during the trial. Okay, I'll tell you why the case is being brought. It's because Alvin Bragg is trying to cover his political That's all it is. Okay, Alvin Bragg is trying to fail up in the Democratic Party, get himself a national name. He doesn't need to convict Trump. He needs to be the guy who started the ball of prosecution rolling. So his his name is now mentioned in every political corner of the universe, okay, starting last week when deal, when news of the indictment leaked, okay, and he becomes an instantaneous national figure, somebody who has ambitions for higher office, somebody who needs to get reelected at the very least. Okay, now understand right now the guy is historically unpopular. Murders, rapes, and robberies are up, okay? If you are the district attorney, do people traditionally reelect you if murder, rapes, and robberies are up? 
But if you cater to their number one sexual fantasy, which is prosecuting Trump. What the hell did you just say? No, it's a true story. If you cater to their biggest turn on, their biggest erotic indulgence, which is handcuffing Donald Trump, Alvin Bragg takes on a whole new life. He knows what he's talking about. So here is Chuck Todd taking it a, fur- a step further and asking Vance why he didn't charge him. It's clip four. Why didn't you charge the hush money case? Why didn't you ever charge it in 2018, 2019, 2020? Uh, well, Chuck, I don't want to get into the deliberations that might be covered by grand jury material, but it's, uh, but uh, as I believe you know, uh, I was asked by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District to stand down uh, on our investigation, which had commenced involving the Trump Organization. And as, you know, as, as someone who respects that office a great deal and, and believing that they may have perhaps the best laws uh, to investigate, I did so. Uh, and I was somewhat surprised after uh, Mr. Cohen pleaded guilty uh, that the federal government did not proceed on uh, on the areas in which it asked me to stand down. So what he's saying is the federal government understood they didn't have anything in those areas. Correct the mundo. Michael Cohen pled guilty. If there is additional grounds for charges based on a guilty conviction, the feds don't go. Nah. What is today? Was Cinco de Mayo? You know, I'm going to go out and get some tacos. We'll pick this up down the road. That's not how the feds work. Okay, but here's a little bit more of it. Okay, and this is Vance saying that when they did go after Trump, they made sure it wasn't about politics. Now, I've got to tell you, Alvin Bragg has done nothing to draw the distinction that this wasn't about politics, and neither of any of the people cheering him on. It's clip five. For those who think this is about politics, I think it's important to remind folks that the review of uh, the president's objections to our seeking his tax and other financial records were reviewed by two separate district courts, two separate courts of appeal, and twice by the United States Supreme Court, all of whom found no evidence that politics was motivating our actions. Okay, so they cleared them and they said, well, there's no evidence politics is motivating their actions. You know what else they didn't find? Evidence that Trump was worth prosecuting. They did not decide to prosecute him. Now, you could tell me, well, it's because if he's a president. Okay, it would be just as unprecedented as an ex-president. It's never happened in the 246-year history of our country. So there's a conversation being had here, and it's not about the well-being of America. It's about Alvin Bragg and his political fortunes. And one of the reasons you're not hearing a bigger outcry from establishment D.C. politicians is there's also this fringe benefit of, Well, you know, as hard as we're going after Trump, this lesson is not lost on other political outsiders that might think about running down the road. Okay, if you're some other private sector billionaire, if you're a fella who has ambitions for higher office in this country but doesn't want to be a congressman and do all that fundraising, doesn't want to be a senator, you know, have to have all those lobbyist lunches, you know, till you get, you're just so bloated from being stuffed full of lobbyist money, you know? That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Right? If at least you're a congressman, you can go out to the strip clubs. Hubba, hubba. But the point is, if you're somebody who wants to make your way to the top of our government outside the conventional channels, as Trump did, this is a strong message to all of them that nothing you've ever done in the history of your life is going to be off limits. We will ruin you. That's why there's not a bigger outcry at the tippy top of the Republican Party. A lot of these establishment D.C. guys are part of the uniparty. Go along to get along. They don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. As long as the lobbyist money is coming in, as long as their grip on power 
is strong. Okay, they don't care what happens to Trump. Okay, but they do know a lot of private sector billionaires care what happens to themselves. And they might have had ambition for running and giving this a shot. But after watching Trump, that message has been clearly heated. Okay, if you want to do this, you're going to do it the conventional way. Congressman, senator, governor. If you want to do it any other way, wow. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be wrapping with Pistol Pete Hegseth, who's joining us in the next hour. Former U.S. Uh, attorney Andrew McCarthy, Fox News legal analyst, senior editor at National Review, also going to be in the house. Their opening act is out in Sedona, Arizona. Dale is on the line. Yo, Dale. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? My man. Uh, it's going to be a rowdy one up here in New York. You picked a good week to stay in Arizona. Yes, sir. Hey, the, you know, I think all these politicians are in bed together. They're all hanging out at the gym in the morning. They're all hanging out at the cocktail parties at night. You know, nobody that's an insider is ever going to get anything done against them. You know, but since he's an outsider, they're going to take him down. You're exactly right. So nobody else that's an outsider ever want to be in politics and let them know what their secret is. Yeah, no, you know, well, listen. There's no question that this persecution of Trump goes beyond anything he did personally and that they do see the treatment of him as a message. You know what I mean? Almost a coded message to other people. Like, look at a guy like Michael Bloomberg, who is a Democratic darling. He was banning soda, putting the nutritional content on fast food. He was a climate guy. And he ran for president as an outsider and burned through a half a billion dollars in like a week. They dug up every bad thing that ever happened to his office. Do you remember that? Yeah. Gone. He got roughed up by Elizabeth Warren, of all people. She was calling him a fraud. She didn't even have her Indian headdress on, but she was calling him a fraud. It was crazy. So let me ask you this, okay, because I'm kind of with you in that I see this as a twofold thing. One, they're never going to stop coming after Trump. Two, they are hoping outsiders heed the message as well. But do you think this makes Trump stronger in the long run, or do you think this cloud will scare independents away? I honestly think that the Democrats don't care. They don't think Trump's going to be electable, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to wash him out and make sure nobody else gets in their club because that's all they really care about is their club. They're going to yeah. be around for the next eight years, the next 16 years. They're not going anywhere yeah. because they control the money of how the, how the politicians get their money so they can run for office. You don't do what I say, you don't get any money. <laughs> no, you're not wrong, man. I'm going back to D.C. at the end of the month. And uh, it's funny, like when you're down there, you know, I go basically go once a year. They have like a White House correspondence dinner and they invite media people and there's an open bar. And I actually don't go anywhere near it because I have enough reasons to get fired without getting drunk on TV. But uh, when you go down there, you realize it is one party. Like if the people who hang out down there are one party. We, we're Republicans. We're Democrats. But it's all pro wrestling. You know, the Macho Man's fans fight the Ultimate Warriors fans while the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior go to Hooters. 
Okay, that's the racket of our politics. So at the very least, for one week, I'll be going to Hooters with the Macho Man (laughs) and the Ultimate Warrior at the end of the month. But I'll be right back here with you after this on Fox Across America. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Roe. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallow. We are watching your 45th president, Donald Trump, has arrived at the Palm Beach International Airport. He is about to get on to Trump Force One, fly up to New York and surrender to authorities. We are also told that he will be speaking to the public tomorrow night. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. I don't doubt it's going to be a banger. Trump is going to make... So much money off of T-shirts of his mugshot. Oh, my God, going to print a billion dollars. Now, I understand this is a bad moment for the country, and we're going to delve further into this. But he will also leverage this to the moon and back financially, not even just Trump. I mean, can you imagine what kind of photos Stormy Daniels is selling over on OnlyFans right now? Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But we talk about... Trump and the former presidency and perhaps the next presidency, people potentially running against Trump, like Ron DeSantis would be a good example, okay, are trashing this to their credit. Here is DeSantis. Now, to be clear, I consider this a principled critique, and I applaud it. And, you know, Nikki Haley has spoken out against this. Tim Scott has spoken out against it. Mike Pence has spoken out against it. And they should be speaking out against this because while it may benefit them politically to have their potential opponent charged, if you truly care about the well-being of the country, then you know you got to play the long game here. Yeah, the good news is we got a short-term bounce because this guy got charged. The bad news is we're now living in a banana republic. So to DeSantis's credit, he is resisting this little circling of the drain uh, that the rest of the Democrats happen to be cheering on. Here it is, clip 11. Now you have this Manhattan district attorney who his whole platform when he got elected was that he was going to downgrade as many felonies as possible to misdemeanors. He was going to keep as many people out of jail, even habitual criminals, as possible. Uh, And he was going to go light on all these things as part of, quote, criminal justice reform. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. That That's exactly what DeSantis um, is calling out. The fact that Bragg got into office and was like, no, we're going to empty the jails. Come on, violent felonies. We've got we need equity out there on the streets. Here's a quick thing really quick, just so you understand. When you release people from prison, violent criminals from prison, because you're just looking out for their race, okay, what you're ultimately harming is their race. I think he's got a point. Why do I say that? Why do I make that point? Because 90% of violent crimes 
are committed against members of the same race. So when you let a violent criminal, say he's black, Spanish, white, Asian, Muslim, doesn't matter. When you let a violent criminal out of jail in the name of some kind of an equity, the high rates of recidivism mean he's going to wind up harming a member of his own race. So all you're really doing with all of these equity pushes is you're harming the law-abiding citizens at the expense of the guys that are out there breaking the law. Okay, doesn't work. Here's a little more DeSantis, though. He was out in Harrisburg. He made his way to Long Island. We'll get there as well. Uh, And he's talking about the fact that this is the one time where Bragg has upgraded a misdemeanor to a felony. In his career, understand, Alvin Bragg, since he got into office, has lowered charges 52% of the time. If you got charged with a felony, he lowered it to a misdemeanor. This is the one time he's trying to elevate a charge, and in order to do so, he needs to tie it into a federal charge to get past the statute of limitations. It's a lot of chicanery. Okay, and here is DeSantis speaking to that reality, clip 12. So that's his posture. He doesn't want to charge people with felonies. So now he turns around purely for political purposes and indicts a former president on misdemeanor offenses that they're straining to try to convert into felonies. That is when you know that the law has been weaponized for political purposes. That is when you know that the left is using that to target their political opponents. And I can tell you this, uh, these Soros-backed DAs, they are a menace to society. They are a menace to the rule of law. I mean, what is he saying to Alvin Bragg? You suck! I mean, same goes for a guy like for George Soros. So George Soros basically cutting million dollar checks to super PACs who turn around and cut a check to Alvin Bragg. People in the media now yelling and screaming, oh, it's a Republican lie that Soros funded Alvin Bragg, you know, because he didn't give the money to Alvin Bragg. You know, he gave it to a guy. Who gave it to Alvin Bragg? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. It's not even crazy. It's not like it's far-fetched or conspiracy. what he did. Soros cuts a check to a pack. They turn around, give the money to Alvin Bragg. If you're willing to get on TV, I don't consider you crazy. I consider you a clown if you defend this. <laughs> but you know who the biggest clowns are right now? It's the people in the media that are saying, well, all this mention of George Soros is... Anti-Semitism is what it is. The media is a bunch of losers. It's nothing to do with George Soros's ethnicity and everything to do with his policies of emptying out the prisons, of creating a society that has more empathy for the criminal than the actual victim. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Let me give some credit to Joe Manchin here. He's a Democrat. You know, has a lot of Republican moments. He's in West Virginia. It's a state that Trump carried by about 90 points. Okay, but here is Joe Manchin saying he hopes they did a thorough job because he realizes where we are now. If you're going to take the country off the legal ledge as we're doing by indicting a former president, you want to believe we're going there because you got some big time charge to come through with. But when you come to find out based on what we've read so far that this is all some type of financial crime. It's really hard to feel like we're going there for the right reasons. Here it is, clip 14. I would have to wait and see what comes out next week, but I would hope uh, and pray that 
whatever comes forth, that they've done due diligence, they're very, very accurate on what they're doing, and understanding that the rule of law uh, is that basically no one's above the law, but no one should be targeted by the law. Uh, and uh, we just got to make sure uh, that, uh, that we understand that we have to come together. I mean, it's a bad moment for the country. You got to realize, like, we're at that state right now as a couple. You know, if you look at the vast majority of Americans, they identify as Republican or Democrat. Okay, and you've got some independence and everything in between. But as a political couple, we are past the point <laughs> where we should be together for any reason at all. Okay, I'm not one of those guys calling for a national divorce. There's not going to be a civil war. Would you stop it? We're the laziest country in the world. No one's fighting a civil war unless somebody makes an app. Okay, if we can slug it out on our phones, like Fortnite is the Civil War. Call of Duty, that's the Civil War. And I'm not calling for violence, okay? But understand, as a couple, we're still past the point of, you know, coexisting on any level in a productive way. So, you know, have you ever been around that couple on a dinner date that's like, just, you could tell they hate each other past the ketchup? Oh, like the time you made a pass at that waitress in Cleveland? I bet you passed her, right? You're like, do you guys realize we're public? We're like a ground round? What's happening? This isn't healthy. And that's where we are as a party. Log on to Twitter. You know, hey, I just wanted to shout out President Reagan. It's his birthday. Oh, the Republicans are a bunch of white supremacists. Figures you'd shout them out, you transphobic bigot. You're like, wait, what? Just want to say happy birthday to Reagan. But that's where we are. We're at this, we're past the point of having healthy, productive interactions. So the idea that you're about to prosecute the standard bearer, one party standard bearer from the last election, a former sitting president of the United States, a guy who's on the ballot right now, I'm telling you, this is a really bad moment, a really bad moment for the country. That's true. That is true. So you got to have the goods. Okay, but we haven't made that a requirement, not only for prosecuting a president, but you haven't had to have the goods to actually go out and be president. Tell it like it is. Yeah, if you don't believe me, look at the guy in office right now. Here's Joe Biden. Joe Biden gave two speeches over the weekend. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He was in front of the podium. They had the biggest font allowable by law in that teleprompter. And here is Biden kind of saying the quiet part out loud. So we got to make sure Trump doesn't become president. That's what we got to do so we don't have to worry about this stuff. Clip 15. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Ooh, under legitimate efforts, we have to make sure he doesn't become president again. I got to tell you, that doesn't sound legitimate. <laughs> you say that. We got to make sure that doesn't happen. Very Sopranos-esque. From a legal standpoint, but here's more of that. This is Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta, of course, hosts a show over on CNN. CNN is the worst. Well, a lot of people feel that way. And uh, Acosta kind of said the quiet part out loud, alluding to what Biden had spoken on earlier in the weekend, which is that, hey, guilty or not guilty, this makes it really hard for the guy to get elected. Because the truth is it does. Okay, you can tell me Trump is surging in the polls and he's blowing out DeSantis right now, and of course he is, okay? Trump is a former president. DeSantis isn't even in the race yet. They haven't stood toe-to-toe on the same stage. And I'm not saying DeSantis is going to beat him head-to-head. Who the hell knows? I mean, the one thing about Trump is, 
He's a very unconventional fighter. Everybody thinks it's a good idea to take on Trump till they're taking on Trump. Okay, if you notice, Biden beat him without running against him. Biden was home. He's watching Bonanza and a Barca lounger hanging out. The media ran against Trump in 2020. Trump, Biden did not run for president. There were more Elvis sightings in the summer of 2020 than there were Biden sightings. Guy didn't leave the house. On the off chance he left the house, they had to put a shock collar around him because they weren't sure what was going to come out of his mouth. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Back in the back in the basement. That's enough out of that. Okay, but understand, okay, you get in the ring against Trump. It's not a conventional fight. He's like Andrew Galata. There's an old Polish heavyweight named Andrew Galata. He'd headbutt you. He'd hit you in the nuts. He'd bite you, punch you behind the head. He's a vicious, dirty fighter. Okay, there's no guarantee DeSantis stands toe-to-toe with Trump and comes out alive. But the point is, yes, it is going to help Trump in the short term because he's being politically persecuted. We're all watching it with our own two eyes. This is not the kind of violation you would charge people for in the past. Understand, Barack Obama was found guilty of committing a campaign finance violation. Don't be thick, all right? But it did happen, okay? Hillary Clinton was charged with committing a campaign finance violation. This is not okay. But it happened. She paid a fine. Obama didn't get arrested. Hillary didn't get arrested. Bill Clinton famously paid $850,000 to Paula Jones. uh, And this was years before he actually used an intern as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is the Democrats weren't charged. When you get to a place where you're going to charge the Republican, you're going to hang charges over a candidate. It really does hurt their electability in the general election because a lot of people who are impartial observers just look at the chaos, just look at the storm and go, really, are we going to do this to the country for another four years? Even if I like the guy's policies, even if I think Biden sucks, there's got to be other options on this shelf besides the one that's under two or three criminal indictments at the time I have to pull a voting lever. So understand, Jim Acosta knows what Alvin Bragg knows, what the D.C. establishment knows, that if the whole goal of this prosecution is to make sure Trump doesn't win the presidency again, then tomorrow's indictment is a big step forward in that effort. Here is the Acosta call for. Do you guys have it over there? There you go. Trump may welcome this for the nomination. Other Republicans are rallying around him, even his opponents, because uh, they understand they can't break with Trump while he is under siege. The Republican base insists that, uh, that all the loyal Republicans rally around him. But this makes it a lot tougher for any Republican nominee, whether it's Trump or someone else, to win the general election. You know, most Americans are not as nostalgic for those four years of Donald Trump as Republicans seem to be. And he's not wrong about that, just so you understand. There's a lot of people listening who love Trump. And uh, again, Trump's exponentially better than Biden. Or heaven forbid they run Kamala. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! But the thing I keep coming back to whenever we talk about 2024, it's not about who you like. It's not about who I like. It's about who members of the other party will hold their nose and vote for. It's about who members of the independent, okay, faction of voters will ultimately vote for. That's where Trump's challenge, okay, from a legal standpoint, becomes a liability for him in the voting booth, is if you are under multiple criminal indictments, 
and there are other candidates who aren't under criminal indictment. This is just basic common sense. You could say, yeah, but they're persecuting Trump. Yeah, but they don't care. That's the point. Okay, if you follow politics day in and day out, you know the Russia probe was a scam. It was a scam. But the average person doesn't follow it to the length that you do. You know, you watch January 6th. You know it wasn't a coup. You know it wasn't a deadly white supremacist attempt to overthrow the government. We weren't about to have President Chewbacca. Okay, you know that. But the average person retains a percentage of what the media has described it as, which was a coup attempt. Okay, that's the problem in this country. It's not who you're reaching out to in the Republican Party. It's how you bridge the gap amongst independents and Democrats. So that when you see a charge like this come forward, okay, it's a victory for Democrats even if they lose the case. Because every day that this hangs over Trump's head is a day that he's a little bit less politically viable. That was the whole point of the Mueller probe. Okay, they knew the Mueller probe was entirely based on oppo research bought and paid for by the clinton campaign they knew there was no way he colluded with russia they knew that on the way into the probe that's just how white folks will do you but they hung it over his head anyway they didn't care about gaslighting the country they didn't care about dividing society they declared they cared about getting power at all costs and that's exactly what we're watching now this is politics as usual it's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Holding this country together today. Tomorrow's going to be an absolute food fight. Trump on his way right now. Plane has just taken off from West Palm Beach, Florida. He will be at Trump Tower tonight. Where there's already a couple of protesters outside. Where do these people like? Where do you even find the time? There's so many losers in society. People who have like just devoted the entirety of their existence to being mad at Trump. It's like get on with your life. Rent a dog. Go for a walk. I don't know. Do something. Find some fun. It's just I can't fathom the level of venom people devote to this guy because, like, here's a newsflash. 99 times out of 100, whoever the president is has very minimal impact on your life. You live in America. If you'll get up and go to work, bust your ass, you make a good life for yourself. Okay, well, the president starts to impact you is when they do things like the current president is doing, like, a you know, maybe a vaccine mandate. Maybe all the spending they did in the name of COVID relief. That is financial lunacy. Yeah, I mean, they drove inflation through the roof. I mean, if you're looking right now at retirement portfolios under Joe Biden, they're down 25%. So, yes, in this instance, he's impacted your life. But it'd be really hard to argue that Trump impacted your life beyond the amount of time and power we gave politics over our existence. Economy was better. Border was better. Crime was better. The market was better. Okay. Biden is such a disaster. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action. Big hour of Fox Across America coming up with Pistol Pete Hegseth, cable news super hunk, co-host of Fox and Friend Weekends. Has a new Fox Nation special out this week uh, called The Life of Jesus Part 2. 
and it debuts this week. He will come by to talk about it. He'll weigh in on the Trump stuff. He's also going to talk about revelations regarding the Chinese spy balloon, which, as it turns out, we now know was willing to or able to anyway capture sensitive information over all of our nuclear sites. Biden sucks. Remember, we were told, no, don't worry. We jammed the thing up. We're going to let it fly over the whole country. But don't worry, it can't actually spy. Come on, don't bullshit me. We let the Chinese Communist Party fly a spy balloon over our most sensitive military installations and waited until it was over the ocean on the East Coast to ultimately bring it down. Should have happened a hell of a whole lot sooner. But what did they say? Well, you know. It's a balloon. You shoot it down. It could fall. There's people out there. Yo, the thing flew over Alaska. The thing flew over Montana. The thing flew over some of the most desolate regions of this country. There were plenty of opportunities to shoot it down when it wouldn't have hit anyone. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I'm not saying Biden, like, let it spy. Like, oh, I owe China a free pass. But I am saying he has emboldened our enemies on the world stage. We're going to talk to Hegseth about this. He's a guy who served the country in uniform. Right now, Vladimir Putin has taken a journalist from the Wall Street Journal hostage. And I think the reason you see aggression like you do in Ukraine, aggression like you do in Taiwan, is because people have sensed the weakness in this administration. The only thing people respect on the world stage is strength. They don't respect climate change. They don't respect gender pronouns for your actual military. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. And that's the truth. Okay, the thing about Biden running in 2024, because we're getting reports now that they could drag this out to the fall. Okay, we were originally told what? Well, he's going to run right after the State of the Union. They did better than they thought in the midterms. We'll trot him out there right after the State of the Union. He'll say he's going to get back in action. They even had a working slogan. The campaign slogan was going to be finish the job. And he said it at the State of the Union multiple times. That's why we got to finish the job. That's why we got to finish the job. And they came up with finish the job. Why? Because it was a lot easier for Biden than finishing the sentence. You know, you know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, – with, uh, I don't know. Uh, Seriously, finish the job's a lot easier than finish the sentence for this guy. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> we have a president that is clearly not all there. But let me read you this, coming from Axios's Alex Thompson. Says President Biden's advisors and close allies don't expect him to announce a run for re-election anytime soon. And some now believe it could come as late as July or perhaps even the fall. This announcement was initially expected shortly after Biden delivered a State of the Union address, but this obviously never happened. According to Thompson, there's been no indication the president has changed his mind about running for a second term. But ultimately, if he chooses to bow out, the late decision could provide an advantage to Vice President Kamala Harris, who would now have a much shorter runway to make it Onto the ticket. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. Here's the report. Biden and his inner circle don't see drawbacks to the president taking his time. He doesn't have a significant primary challenge, so for a while he can stay above the campaign fray and focus on governing, you know, because he's in charge. 
<laughs> Can you imagine Biden was in charge? <laughs> and that, honestly, I want to say this, because we take a lot of shots at Biden on this show. I wish Biden was in charge. I genuinely wish Biden was in charge, okay? He is a sociopath, pathological liar. But he's been around Washington long enough to have some policies, some command of a minimal, just a minimal amount of common sense, okay? Biden, to his credit, when the Democrats are yelling to defund the police, was like, all right, we could get rid of some of the military vehicles they use, but we can't defund the police. Give him credit for that. Biden wrote the 1994 crime bill. You know, the bill that the Democrats used to claim cops are racist, it was actually written by Joe Biden, you know? Come on, man. But it was. Okay, and it wasn't because the cops were racist. It's because that was a bill that was overzealously targeting quality of life offenses in the name of cleaning up our streets. It was at one point fashionable to say, hey, I want safe streets in this country. There was a time where we used to say, you know, the cops are the good guys. We're like, oh, no, I support the cops. Okay, Biden is capable of that. Biden is capable on some level of liking this country. He's certainly... Not the staunch progressive they paint him to be. Don't forget, you know, for all the yelling and screaming about how they're the party of tolerance and gay marriage, Joe Biden was against gay marriage until the political wind blew him for it. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Huh. What's the game going on here? That was Joe Biden to the political wind blow. He was like, oh, no, actually, gay marriage. Here we go. Let's go. So you understand, yes, is he, you know, an unprincipled lunatic most days? Yes. Will he say anything to get power to appease the people running his show Yes. Is he in charge of this country right now? Absolutely not. I agree with that. Okay, if he were running again, I'd actually feel better. The problem is he's not running. It's lunatics that are running this administration. They're crazy. Okay, because you have to be to relinquish your energy independence. Okay, but that's exactly what we did. No, we'll declare war on our own energy sector. And then we'll claim we're here to protect democracy by buying a bunch of oil from dictators down in Venezuela. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, but think about that. All of these climate initiatives have decimated our economy and our manufacturing base and empowered our enemies around the world. That alone is, you know, ridiculous. Okay, the rhetorical war they've waged on police, in some instances they have cut municipal budgets. To Biden's credit, he wasn't on board with doing that. He was happy to call cops racist so he can get the political points in the summer of 2020. He was happy to slander border agents to draw attention away from the fact that his indifference to the humanitarian crisis he's caused is not only getting people killed, but it's leaving us more vulnerable. You have no idea how to defend a nation. For real. Think about the members of the terror watch list that have come into this country and been encountered at the border by Biden. We've had over 123 members who are on the terrorist watch list, people who are considered Terrorists cannot board a plane, are not welcome in this country. We've encountered 123 of them at the southern border. 
But you know what that doesn't speak to? The amount of terrorists we haven't encountered. This could be a problem. Meaning ones that got in because this border is wide open. Joe Biden has failed this country by every metric, every metric. Just the worst president you've seen in your lifetime. And he just is. Okay, you can't tell me the inclusion stuff redeems this mess. Inflation's through the roof. Senior citizens on a fixed income are getting smoked. The crime numbers are way up. The border's out of control. We have a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths, and all the money in this country is being sent to Ukraine right now. We're literally funding Ukrainian pensions as American banks collapse. Okay, is Joe Biden taking a second to go acknowledge the Christian school members, students, and faculty alike who were gunned down by a trans lunatic last week? The answer would be no. No, because it runs contrary to his agenda. Joe Biden is a garbage president, okay, and he has become a garbage human in his old age and that he is just demonstrating such a disgusting indifference to the people who don't necessarily support him. You know, the whole, I'll govern for all Americans. That's what I'm going to do. You're alive. Okay. He governed for all Americans by saying Georgia was Jim Crow on steroids. It was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. MAGA was a bunch of semi-fascists. Does that sound like a man who's trying to throw a unity party? (laughs) Of course not. Okay, Biden is awful. There's no redeeming this presidency. But one of the reasons they are postponing this announcement and dragging it as far towards the fall as humanly possible is they want to shorten the runway for the guy. They don't want him out there campaigning a second longer than they have to. Okay, even if that means they've got to bring up another COVID pandemic. Here is Biden over the weekend talking about how we need more money. There's a second pandemic coming. Wow, you don't say. Clip 24. But we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. Whoa, what? Did you even hear that? The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. No, but hold on a second. There's going to be a second pandemic. We have to pay. How the hell does he know there's going to be a second pandemic? I think he's got a point. What do you mean? Never mind. We need more money, not just for vaccines for children eventually. Yo, you know what the World Health Organization said last week? Said kids don't need vaccines. Healthy kids, teenagers do not need them. You know how much that pisses me off as a dad? My kid, go, my kid could not go to school unless he was vaccinated. And at the time we got Lincoln vaccinated, okay, he's about 35 pounds overweight. So he fell into the, into the class of kids that would potentially be vulnerable to this virus. So having discussed it with his pediatrician and knowing he was being faced with no school and no normal, you know, upbringing in terms of the socialization of school and involvement in clubs and everything else, we went out and got the kid the vaccine. And what do we come to find out? We come to find out after this is over that he never needed it in the first place. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. But it was there because Biden, the guy who said there would be no vaccine mandate, implemented a vaccine mandate. Okay, Biden, the guy who didn't have to run for president in 2020 because the pandemic allowed him to stay behind closed doors, is now predicting we're going to have another pandemic. Who knows? Maybe as soon as 2024, just in time for that campaign season. Unless you doubt whether or not they want him in front of a microphone day in and day out for three or four hundred media events like a traditional general election would entail, 
Here's a clip of him over the weekend going down to Mississippi to console tornado victims and referring to the the town as Rolling Stone, Mississippi. Clip 25. We're focused on now on making sure you got the place to sleep, food to eat, helping you rebuild your lives in Rolling Stone. Wait, what? what would you do with the brain if you had one? Wait, what? Can you give me that one more time? We're focused on now on making sure you got the place to sleep, food to eat, helping you rebuild your lives in Rolling Stone. You're a loony. <laughs> How does it feel? (laughs) He was in Rolling Fork, Mississippi, if you must know, and went down and referred to them as Rolling Stone. I don't doubt that he's gotten so many contact highs off Hunter. He thinks he's Keith Richards at this point. But the point is he's getting the town wrong. He frequently gets the state wrong, frequently gets the occasion wrong, shakes hands with invisible people takes more time to get off stage than he does to give the actual speech. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Everybody knows that, except the people running Joe Biden, who by extension get to run the country. That's why a second Biden term is popular with D.C. elites. It's not because Biden gets to be the president. It's because for another four years, they do. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Pete Hegseth in the next break. He will be weighing in on revelations regarding this Chinese spy balloon, which apparently made it over all of our sensitive nuclear installations and was able to keep on recording despite insistence from the presidency that we had, like, jammed their software. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. He said it then. We'll say it now. He's also going to weigh into the investigation uh, and ultimate indictment into Donald Trump. Now, what's so interesting about this Trump indictment and the reason people are saying it's politically motivated is, as you know, we've played you multiple clips of Alvin Bragg, the district attorney who ran for DA by vowing to get Trump. But the woman he serves underneath... Attorney General Letitia James also had this to say when she was running to be Attorney General. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This illegitimate president. I look forward to going into the office of Attorney General every day, suing him. I mean, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Get out of here and take your mother with you. So that's Letitia James. Okay, we now have to believe that Donald Trump is capable of getting a fair trial and an impartial jury in a city and state that voted to elect that woman. Okay, do you understand a woman? I want to sue him every day. He's an illegitimate president. She said he stole the election. And if you want to believe you're, I mean, you're an actual crazy person. If you think Trump could get a fair trial here. No objective jury 
would look at this case and not view it as politically motivated. In the history of our criminal justice system, you've never had, ever. I mean, think about think about like the O.J. Simpson trial, okay? O.J. wound up getting off. I, I still don't know how, you know, you can, there's theories as to why, despite the preponderance of DNA, there was a bad relationship out there between the community and the elected leaders and the civic leaders and the aftermath of the Rodney King trial. And, you know, there was a convoluted mess of social factors that influenced the outcome in the in the O.J. Simpson verdict. Okay, but one thing you didn't see in that verdict, as ham handed as the prosecution was from time to time, was anybody openly going on record and saying, I'm out to get this guy. I ran for office on getting this guy. And if you elect me, I'm going to get this guy. Donald Trump is going to trial Okay, under a justice system that rose to power by declaring their commitment to getting the guy. Okay, there's no world where that's legitimate. None, zero, zip, zilch. Okay, so that alone means this trial shouldn't be brought. But if it is going to be brought, it's going to need a change of venue. We're going to get into this with Hexath. We're also going to talk to Andy McCarthy. Fox News contributor and legal analyst, senior editor at National Review, a guy who knows stuff. Like, I'm good in court, but it's usually like fighting parking tickets as an ex-cab driver. It doesn't rise to the level of an attorney general, which is what Letitia James is, the woman who is just ranting and raving, I'm going to get Trump. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, come on. Get her out. Get her out of here. Seriously, and take Bragg, too. Get him out of here. Get him out. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy, taking my talents to TV tonight. I am scheduled to be on with Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, you will see me on Fox and Friends with the great Brian Kilmeade, the phenomenal Steve Ducey, the lovely and talented Ainsley Earhart. And tomorrow night, I will be on the Gutfeld panel reacting to news of Donald Trump's indictment. What the hell is the world? I do not know. This is a 246-year-old country, and uh, we're learning new things about it every day, uh, such as the fact that we did think for a long time we were number one in the rankings. But it uh, turns out all this time we were a banana republic. Uh, joining me now to help turn this around, he is the superstar host of Fox & Friends Weekends. He has a phenomenal new Fox Nation series out today. It is everywhere. Okay, it is the life of Jesus uh, season two. Uh, that is Pistol Pete Hegseth. Hey, man. What's up, Jimmy? So you want me to turn this around? <laughs> uh, let me see what I can do. That's the, that's the ass. Nothing big. Just, you know, just turn around Nothing a 246 year country. Um, let me jump in on this, Hegseth, because is it true that in, you know, we're talking about the life of Jesus part two. Uh, it's called God Save Us. It's on Fox Nation. Is it true that Jesus was actually apprehended because of a Chinese spy balloon? <laughs> uh, he was at, it, you would say it was a political persecution and yes, a targeting. He, yes, he uh, would. And when you when you watch the film, you realize uh, it was a the whole thing was a middle of the night mistrial of justice 
Nothing was done above board in broad daylight until they brought him out, Pilot brought him out in the courtyard, and they wanted to give him Barabbas to the crowd, and the crowd chanted, no, give us Jesus. But they already had a seated crowd of Sadducees and Pharisees and others who wanted him dead, and they brought their people there. And the whole thing was hidden from public sight uh, because they knew what they were doing was a miscarriage of justice. So slightly higher, um, <laughs> you might say slightly higher uh, implications for, well, for, for mankind when yeah. Jesus, but no, it's similar. I'm with you all the way. I'm just glad you called it out because if we don't stop this now, pretty soon you'll have an attorney general and a district attorney that run for office by vowing to get an ex-president and then ultimately ring the guy up on some kind of a bogus finance charge. Uh, can you believe we're sitting here over what looks like a parking ticket? Yeah, I mean, I can. I can because it's the logical end state of a political opponents who will use power at any turn to advance their political needs. Like that's that's what we've become. That's what I mean, I was reminded today of the Washington Post headline on January 20th of 2017, which was the impeachment of Donald Trump begins today. <laughs> that was Donald Trump's inauguration day. So there was nary a moment, not even 10 minutes after he was sworn in, mm -hmm. that he was ever seen as legitimate mm -hmm. or someone who was allowed to be president. And so they used the existing institutions they could, inside and outside, government and media, to try to get him. And they never stopped. And, and ultimately, uh, it landed to Elvin Bragg in Manhattan over $130,000. Uh, in, in a case that no one would ever bring and everyone else refused. It feels like watching Donald Trump you know, ride in that motorcade from mm -hmm. Mar-a-Lago to the airport, mm -hmm. it felt like watching like a funeral for the republic. It you did. know, it's like it a procession. Bad. It was it's bad. It was bad. I wish he would have taken, pulled an OJ and did a white Bronco just to make it fun. Because, you know. Keep going at the exit. <laughs> I'm not pulling over. That would have been amazing. The most Trump thing ever. Well, on the plus side, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Trump was probably going to make a billion dollars selling T-shirts of his mugshot by the end of the day tomorrow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'll be the most famous mugshot in American history. Uh, he's become he's become an avatar. He's, mm -hmm. he's become a symbol. And yep. that's why people who weren't inclined to support him are giving him money and going on TV and putting on MAGA hats. Yep. It's because I, you can you can make – I mean, when he says this has become cliche, but it's true. When they says they're coming, they're coming after you. They just have to come through me. Mm -hmm. Like it really is the case where it's not anyone who professes to believe in America first or to mm -hmm. challenge the establishment will be a perpetual target. Oh yeah, even without Trump there. But mm -hmm. he's this sort of last vanguard of someone willing to able to fight on our behalf. Even watching other presidential candidates mm -hmm. on TV, well, I wish we could focus on other issues yep. down here at the border and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like we wouldn't be talking about the border without Trump, who made border an issue yep. in 24. And now you're like, oh, no one's paying attention to the border while the pre ex-president's being hauled to Manhattan. Yep. I mean, it's every every single other that tells you they don't get it yet but the people do get it i i, I definitely think they do we're talking to pete hegseth uh the new series on fox nation today he is the host of the life of jesus part two god saves us uh we're going to get into that a little bit more one other thing i wanted to build on really quick is 
it's not only a message to Trump supporters, you know, the whole they're coming, you know, they're coming at me because I'm in the way of them getting to you. But I don't you feel on some level that they're also using this prosecution to send a message to other potential outsiders who might have aspirations of running for president without going through the traditional swamp channels? Uh, absolutely. Why? We, because. You know, first of all, they've turned over everything they could on Donald Trump, and this is what they found. Yeah. And they're and they're, they're you know, tax releases being, you know, your tax returns are supposed to be private until you're Donald Trump, and then they're released. Of course, this is. I mean, he was an extraordinary case of someone totally untethered to all the power centers of traditional politics. Mm-hmm. So the think tanks, the donors, he didn't need any of them, yep. and so he he had he was able to ignore all of them. I still think ninety percent of the candidates that we're going to get are going to come out of that establishment, you know, political meat grinder where they're more yeah. or less beholden to a whole group of people. But oh, they'll man. still go after those folks. But yeah. what you're talking about are the Elon Musks or yep. the, you know, the, the the people who sort of transcend yep. the like a Mark Cuban. Yeah, like, like a guy like a Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. You're a billionaire, yeah, you want to run. They're like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> you know what happened at your office Christmas party in 98? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and most of them 99% of those people don't have the guts that Trump would have yes. in order to do what yeah. he needed to do to Well, it's a good point. You know, Pete, you think about my guy like Michael Bloomberg. I wasn't a big Bloomberg fan, but he blew a half a billion dollars. He tried to run for the Democratic nomination, had a lot of policies the Democrats liked, but him being an outsider, they gutted him in like 30 seconds. Do you remember the hole he burnt in the ozone layer with all that money? Yeah. It's true. Sick. it's true. But even then, he was as interesting as a ham sandwich. So, yeah. like, why do you like Michael Bloomberg? He's rich, and yep. he he lived. He, he was able to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maximize the, the fumes of Rudy Giuliani and what he had done. But yep. he wasn't anything special. No, he didn't stand up for anything that actually mattered to people. So that's why Trump is so rare. Is because mm-hmm. he he did what most people would never do. And now, if they get him. Who goes next? Yeah, no, it's going to be wild. We're talking to Pete Hegseth. Let me get into your series because I have questions, okay? So so you okay. and your pastor, Chris Durkin, okay, you guys act like legit go to the Holy Land, and you're retracing the steps of Jesus during his final week on Earth. My first question, okay, because I've only seen the promos, will the viewers get a glimpse of the famous Hegseth sport coat, you know, the party coat that I've seen around the channel lately? <laughs> no, because, you know— this is not a flag moment. This okay. is a uh, this this is a, you a to, biblical you, moment. Yeah, no, I get that, and I, I respect your reverence for the situation. I just wasn't sure if there's like some B-roll footage. No, I, I completely no, there's get. No, more. It. You, you what viewers will see though is mm-hmm. at the very end of the third uh, episode, mm-hmm. uh, I jump off a boat in the Sea of Galilee because Chris points out that my name is Peter, which it is, and yes. that's what Peter did when mm-hmm. he saw Jesus who. Uh, who mm-hmm during the 40 days that he appeared to people was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And so he asked me, well, what would you do? And I said, I'd like to think that I would do the same. So it ends with me jumping into the Sea of Galilee. Of course it does. Uh, Can we just hold on? Can we stop you and just applaud the range? Folks, the last time I saw Pete Hegseth, the man who just detailed jumping into the Sea of Galilee, he was riding a mechanical bull at 3 in the morning in Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? It's years of Fox and Friends training of going from laughing to crying <laughs> yes. to sad to happy to up to down to slow to fast. I mean, it's, it's what we do. But that's what's we do a lot of crazy stuff. But mm-hmm. the what I really, I mean, this is this is it. This is the yeah. greatest story ever told. Yeah, and no. the concept was mm-hmm. go to that place, talk about it in the place. What happened in the Bible? And we know so much more now 
than we did even 20 years ago about where things happened. Uh-huh. And so you're going to, from from the triumphant entry to the southern steps to where he challenged the religious leaders for three days before his last supper, we get, you get to see the upper room where the disciples had their last supper, wow. go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he was arrested. We get to see the prison where Jesus was held. Uh, and when uh, before he went to before yeah. the uh, religious leaders and Pilate, and then the courtyard where he where they yelled for Barabbas to where he was beaten, all the way to the crucifixion. W- w- there's a new site where they believe the garden tomb actually is, which we were wow. able to go into. Uh, it's just I get chills talking about it yeah. because it makes your faith come alive, and not everybody can go to Israel and see it. And the idea was to to make that um, bring it to life. Make a, Bring that vivid imagery home on the in, during Holy Week. Listen, yep. I, I think it's amazing. I have to fly out to. Um, I'm going out to Portland to tell to do some stand up. I got to go to Portland and Boise this week. You know, Portland's on my ten city tour. You know, and yep. uh, I will watch all of this on the plane because these moments that actually bring this story to life, like that's my favorite thing about history, is going somewhere where something happened. But now you're talking about you know the most seminal story ever told in the history of the world. Like I, I really I can't imagine it had to be a pretty f- profound experience. I mean, are there are there moments when you're literally tracing the footsteps of Jesus? It's got to be a little overwhelming, no? It's really it's really humbling uh and you know, it, it and Pastor Chris, it was his first time there and mm-hmm. that was intentional. Like I, yeah. no one knows the Bible better than him, but mm-hmm. he was seeing it all for the first time and you see moments where you know, he's in tears because mm-hmm. you you're thinking about what occurred there and and um yeah, it's that's, It'll that's change how... you. And I've been to Israel eight or nine times, but okay. I've never done the full. Most of it was on the current religious or Israeli or yeah. uh, cultural fights that are happening on the Temple Mount and all mm-hmm. over the country. This was just Jesus. And so a lot of the sites I hadn't seen myself, and even his hometown of Capernaum, the mm-hmm. town of Jesus. Yeah. Um, is phenomenal. I mean, it's almost you can see Peter's house where Jesus stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in season one. If you watch season one of The Life of Jesus, uh-huh. part one. This is part two, just the last week, but it, it'll. Um, we're hoping it has an effect on people. No, it I mean, will. This is a time. This a lot of people are down and out. Me yes. too. Like looking at our country and our culture and our education systems and our judicial system, it's all a mess. Yep. Like if you point point to something that really matters, the source uh, of our eternal salvation. Mm-hmm. Now's a good time. Well, this is the last point I would make. Then we're talking to Pete Hegseth, the new series, uh, "The Life of Jesus," Part Two. God saves us. It is on Fox Nation now is I think more than anything, what really is plaguing our society is that we're living in this age of, like, weapons-grade narcissism, where everybody's phone is so carefully curated to make them the center of the universe that people are missing out on the concept of belonging to something bigger than yourself, serving a purpose bigger than yourself. I mean, that's the best case you make for religion, is that you're now living with an eye on a greater good as opposed to what nefarious thing will get me 5,000 likes on Instagram five minutes from now. So for that alone, I mean, don't you think there's got to be some enduring quality to watching this? Even if they don't get the Hegseth sport coat, they get the whole profound message of belonging to a bigger thing. Yeah. I mean, the world, how, the world fails us every day. Mm-hmm. I fail myself every I fail every day. If mm-hmm. I'm looking for salvation in my own identity mm-hmm. or in likes, I mean, that is the most empty existence I could possibly find. And I know when I'm ignoring God's law for my own life, I find my way into slavery and problems yep. as opposed to when you're when you listen to what god has to say and try earnestly to follow it and draw closer to him 
there's purpose and meaning in that. That's yep. what it's all about. We, we are we are dust in, in the wind on this earth as far as how long we'll be here, and but not to God, not to Jesus in, in the way that they see our worth. And I, I try to – you know, this series reminds me of it too because we live in a business all about you yep. know makeup and cameras and viewers and mm. ratings, and none of that actually matters in the grand scheme of things. Nope. Uh, so it's fun to do something like this. I think it's awesome. Just one last thing I'll throw at you, and I want you to handicap the odds of this succeeding. Okay. Supposing I go upstairs after the show to Nation, and I tell them I want to counter your Jesus series where I trace the footsteps of a cabbie I know named Jesus up in the Bronx. <laughs> do I? Because I don't have the—I'm not getting the Israel budget, but do you think I could get the Morris Park budget and do one on, the, on my man Jesus? I mean, he's a religious figure in his own right. Do you think I get the green light? Uh, I know some people. You, can get <laughs> you, might. you know what? You might have a good point. I won't go any further on that, but you certainly do. I know some people. <laughs> All right. Well, when, when you get done traversing the Holy Land, I might head up the Yankee Stadium for a companion piece. Uh, I will and keep you might you... get more clicks on yours, too. <laughs> so. I doubt it. Oh, that's funny. Good stuff, Hegseth. Uh, we'll talk soon, brother. I really appreciate you. Thanks, brother. Take care. Uh, it is called The Life of Jesus Part 2, God Saves Us. I have to tell you, so all I've watched of this is promos. I'm going to watch it on the flight out to Portland this week. I love what Hegseth does. But I love, oh, this stuff is so powerful when you actually get to go, you know, look at moments. You know, like the Garden Tomb, for example, they think they've discovered. Or where the Last Supper took place. You know, it's fascinating stuff because you read about it your whole life. It's kind of like... In a more profound way, you know, there are certain cities you've seen on TV your whole life or certain ball fields, and you get to go there. You get to be there in person, and you develop this whole new perspective of what it really looks like versus the one angle you've been seeing on TV for 40 years. But when you go to something of historical significance or certainly something like this of religious significance, you know, it is so much more humbling and more profound. Like I went to the Roman Colosseum and freaked out. I was like, wow, you know, I've been reading about this since I was a little kid. And they certainly had a lot of wild things go on there. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount and everything, the courtyard and everything in between, things you grew up going to church on, you know, actually living it out or even vicariously living it out through Pete Hegseth on Fox Nation, it's actually really heavy stuff. Um, it's good escapism, but better than all of that is the healthy reminder that we're all supposed to be here, you know, serving a cause bigger than ourselves. And I know it's hard to imagine there's anything bigger than me when you see me on TV. <laughs> but I promise. I... That boy is a P-I-G-P. Fine, but I, but I promise, okay, there are bigger things out there. <laughs> Leave me alone for the eating. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f*** is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Four days in New York this week. I'll be doing the show live from Fox News headquarters Monday through Thursday. Thursday afternoon, I am flying out to Portland, Oregon, and then hightailing it over to Bend, where I will be at the Tower Theater next Friday night. That one's sold out. I can't get you in. You can come to the bar, hang out. There's going to be a big meet and greet. Every one of my shows, for real, I perform for an hour and a half, and then we usually hang out at the bar for another three hours, <laughs> taking pictures and drinks and gosh knows what else. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. But it's a great way to go through a Jimmy Fallon comedy night, so you can come do that. Uh, Saturday night, I will be 
uh, at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho, and we have a little bit less than 20 tickets left to that show if you want to try to get some of them. Uh, I will be back next Monday. I am hosting Gutfeld next Monday. One week from today, I am in the host chair with Bill Hemmer at my side, Brian Brenberg across from him. Emily Campagna will be there as well as Kat Timpf. So that's, a, I mean, you talk about a varsity game. And I am, of course, on Gutfeld tomorrow night as a panelist uh, reacting to the indictment and arrest of Donald Trump. You know, they got to trot out the varsity there as well because we got to try to hold this country together. It is a mess. And when you talk about crosstalk, everybody hates everybody. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's pretty much the take. But we will try to bridge that divide in the next hour. Andy McCarthy is coming by to join us on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, you bet it is. And we are fired up. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America. Andy McCarthy, Fox News legal analyst, senior editor at the National Review, is going to take us inside the indictment of Donald Trump, the president, on his way up to New York in Trump Force One, flying as we speak. We have just received confirmation that the NYPD is going to escort the president from the airport over to Trump Tower so he doesn't have to sit in traffic with these maniac New Yorkers screaming and yelling and, you know. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Oh, you want to find out what you're made of. Get behind the wheel in New York City. Jump on the BQE at 3, 4 in the afternoon on a weekday. I mean, you talk about the toughest division in sports. You're getting cut off and shot at and run off the road. You know, New York City is the only place where you'll see somebody high-beaming a cop. Like, speed it up. Let's go. Come on, officer. People are cutting off ambulances. It's a free-for-all. And uh, apparently it is a free-for-all down at the district attorney's office where they're playing real willy-nilly with the criminal procedure laws as it pertains to grand jury information. We're going to discuss that with Andy McCarthy. We'll get into so much more. But 888-788-9910 is the phone number if you want to be a part of the discussion in this hour where everybody feels like they're on the verge of snapping and smacking somebody. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Rules to live by. Uh, But we talk about getting away with it. Here's a really interesting, interesting footnote that was sent my way from the ops desk. Now, if you guys know Paul Morrow, he's on the show all the time. He will likely sneak onto our show tomorrow. He's a former NYPD inspector. And once the Trump indictment becomes official, I'm certainly going to want his take. Uh, But he had sent along some intel to me this morning about, you know, we have been hearing all over the Internet and certainly all over cable news channels like CNN that the president is going to get indicted on 34 counts of financial fraud. Okay, that's what we've heard. Now, what's interesting is for someone to know that he's being indicted on 34 counts of financial fraud, that would mean someone on the jury or associated with this investigation had leaked that to the source. Okay, in this case, it's John Miller over on CNN, who wouldn't be guilty of anything other than exercising his First Amendment rights. But his source may very well have violated New York's criminal procedure laws. And that's significant because it's a class E felony. So there could very well be a counter investigation into the district attorney and his office because unlawful grand jury disclosure is a class E felony. Let me read it to you really quick. 
The New York criminal procedure law, we're talking about Section 4A. Okay, grand jury proceedings are secret, and no grand juror or other person may, except in the lawful discharge of his duties or upon written order of the court, disclose the nature of substance of any grand jury testimony, evidence, or any decision, result, or other matter attending a grand jury proceeding. Meaning if somebody went out and was like, ah, we're charging them on 34 counts, that's what we're going to do. Guess what you just did? You committed a felony. It's a second code violation here. Okay. 215.70, Section 70. A person is guilty of unlawful grand jury disclosure when, being a grand juror, a public prosecutor, a grand jury stenographer, a grand jury interpreter, a police officer, or a peace officer guarding a witness in a grand jury proceeding, or a clerk attendant, warden, or other public servant having official duties in or about a grand jury room or proceeding, or a public officer or public employee, he intentionally discloses to another the nature or substance of any grand jury testimony or any decision, result, or other matter attending a grand jury proceeding, which is required by law to be kept secret, except in the proper discharge of his official duties or upon written order of the court. So if you have heard that Trump is charged on 34 counts, and we find out tomorrow that he is charged on 34 counts, that means somebody, somebody committed a Class E felony. Bingo. Will that someone ultimately face prosecution? The answer would be no. Probably not. But that's the constant reminder that you're living in a two-tier justice system. Someone commits a Class E felony, they're going to walk away from this. We already know the information was leaked. They'd already be able to verify whether or not the information was leaked. Because if someone is reporting on this accurately, the people who have this indictment under seal right now know what's in it. They know whether or not he's reporting it accurately, which means they could already be charging the leaker, if they saw fit. In this instance, they don't see fit because we are, in fact, living in a two-tiered justice system in this country. I admire your honesty. Crazy talk. And it's one of the reasons that Bragg's indictment doesn't really carry a lot of weight with legal scholars is they realize the whole thing hinges on a charge that's already passed its statute of limitations. They're trying to tie it to a second federal charge that under a technicality could, we don't know if it does, but it could extend the statute of limitations. The point is, it's a real shaky case to bring first. And I say first because when it comes to prosecuting someone, especially on a political level, prosecutors always want to win the first case. It's so important to win the first case because it gives them credibility as they try the second case against allegations that this is just a political witch hunt. Oh, it's a witch hunt. Well, it turns out they found a witch. That's how it works. But if Trump gets out there and yells witch hunt and he gets found not guilty, guess what? It makes whatever comes next, say Georgia or anything pertaining to the retention of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, look a lot much more like a witch hunt. Now, we are reporting as a news organization, Fox News, hey girl, that members of President Trump's Secret Service detail are being subpoenaed to testify in Washington this week in regards to classified documents Trump took from his home. Now, we don't know what they know or what the accusation is. What we know right now is this looks so much like the Mueller probe, a death by a thousand cuts scenario where they flood the zone with a quantity of allegations 
so they don't actually ever have to deliver a quality allegation. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's what Russia was. They convinced half the country he was a Russian asset because one after another. Oh, anonymous bombshell. The walls are closing in. We've got a new report. A source familiar with the matter. People close to the conversation said. (laughs) Speaking on the condition of anonymity, given the sensitive nature of the allegation, you'd hear all of these qualifiers for the made-up sources they were trotting out as a means of creating the perception that the walls were closing in. The media is a bunch of losers. That was the whole point of the Mueller probe, was to get Trump to fire Mueller, create the perception there was a there, there. See, he fired Mueller because he was getting close. Mueller had the goods. Trump fired him. That proves he's a Russian. I'm telling you, boys, we got to lock him up. And that's what they seem to be doing now. Well, we've got 34 counts of feloniously leaked details. But we've got 34 counts. Forget the e-felony we committed. No one's above the law, you see. Except us and our political allies. But other than that, no one's above the law, you see. That's what's going on right now. So they're going to smack them with this indictment. It's garbage. Probably get thrown out. They're going to have to change the venue. Okay, then you've got the reality that down in Georgia, they're like, well, he's going to get indicted in Georgia for telling the secretary to find the votes. But if you read the whole transcript of that phone call, Trump doesn't actually say to the guy, hey, go make up some votes. Go find the votes that get me over the top. What he says is, according to our reporting, there are over 50,000 outstanding votes. We only need you to find the 10,081 or whatever the hell it is that get us over the top. We don't need you to chase every one to the end of the earth. But if these are legally cast votes, we have a right to have them counted. That's what he says. Of course, the media spins it as Trump told them to go down to Kinko's and print up some new votes. And again, nothing to the charge, but they'll hang it over his head. Classified documents. Okay, people talk about classified documents. Okay, like the president packed up himself. Like you were checking out of a La Quinta at noon. They were fully booked up, so they couldn't give you the extended checkout. You were going to get hit with a fine. So you just threw everything together and ran out the door. And you packed yourself, and you're responsible for what you took. That's not how the presidency works. Okay, the president is moved out of the White House with help from the National Archives, with help from the Secret Service. Okay, this is not something done under his own volition. But even so, Trump's classified documents were kept under Secret Service protection at Mar-a-Lago. He had it as a former president. Okay, Joe Biden had box after box of classified documents sitting in his garage, like literally in his garage on the floor. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Not only that, but we come to find out there's pictures of Hunter Biden driving his Corvette. Hunter, who's a, a confessed crack addict, People who suffer from addiction, I don't begrudge them that. I mean, they're, for the grace of God, go all of us. But a guy who's a confessed crack addict who'd do anything for money has access to classified documents in a box next to the Corvette he's joyriding around in. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a little bit of a security risk for the country, don't you think, you know? But the point is, they didn't raid Biden. They didn't raid the University of Pennsylvania, okay? They didn't raid any of the unprotected locations, that had his classified documents in them, meaning locations that, unlike Mar-a-Lago, did not have Secret Service protection. 
Biden's Delaware Beach home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, also got a visit from the feds, ultimately, where they trusted his attorneys to search the premises and turn over what they had. But what they didn't get was sirens blaring, guns drawn, TV cameras on location, reporting every sensationalized detail. For some reason, it's weird. But whenever there's some type of legal activity concerning Republicans, there always seems to be a TV crew that just happened to be in the area. I think he's got a point. I mean, think about the point with classified documents. The FBI carefully laid out documents they found at Mar-a-Lago all over the floor and posted a photo on Twitter just to show everybody what they found. They were so sensitive. These documents were such a threat to national security that they were able to photograph them and put them on Twitter? Wait a minute. What? What's going on here? It doesn't add up. And the point is there's a two-tiered system of justice right now. We're being told it was worth taking our country for the first time in its 246-year history across a Rubicon where we're charging a former president for the first time ever. And we're being told it's because no one's above the law except the people who are breaking the law by leaking details of the indictment. But here is Bill Barr speaking about the Rubicon, clip six. Well, that's an, you know, that's going to be a constitutional issue, but it's actually Bragg, it seems to me, that's jumped into the federal arena. He's, he's interfering in a federal uh, election process, and his case is built on an alleged violation of federal law. He wouldn't be able to survive the statute of limitations and not be able to juice what is a misdemeanor into a felony without claiming that there's a violation of federal law. So he's the one that has essentially weighed into the federal arena. And the real danger of this thing over the long term isn't so much narrowed to Trump. It's that now we have thousands of DAs around the country. Now that the Rubicon has been crossed, uh, any one of them can sort of find federal candidates or, or someone in, or federal office holders and so forth, can find some state law they want to pursue the person on and get themselves into the national political arena. This could be a problem. I mean, if you're thinking about running for office again, that's part of the message here. Make no mistake about it. If you're like a Mark Cuban, one of those Shark Tank guys with a couple of bucks, you're an outside entrepreneur who has designs on the Oval Office, that's the message here. It's like, hey, hey, ho, hey, we will. We will destroy you. Are you kidding me? You? You're going to run for president? You know, think about what they did to a guy like Mike Bloomberg. I'm not a big Bloomberg fan, but they ruined Bloomberg in a half hour. The guy spent a half a billion dollars in the last go-round and was off the stage in five minutes because they were like, oh, you know, people signed, signed non-disclosures at your company, you know? That's bad. We can't have a billionaire in this environment. I mean, if he wants to donate to us, that's fine. But that's the Democratic ethos. The rich are bad. Eat the rich, okay? I mean, they're all selling books trying to become the rich. <laughs> they're all doing all kinds of lobbyist lunches and living fabulous lifestyles like the rich. They just want you to believe the rich are somehow their enemy. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Like when it comes to like dark money in politics. Oh, the Democrats love to yell dark money. Oh, the dark money. Nobody, nobody has taken more dark money. Nobody. Okay, then the Democratic Party. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Let them jump, okay? We're going to keep speaking truth to power. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Fox News contributor Andy McCarthy. Andy! Andy! He's joining us in the next break, but joining us now from McAllen, Texas, Adrian is on the line. Yo, Adrian! How you doing, Jimmy? God bless sir, to Mommy. all your listeners. Thank you, brother. Hey, I got an, I got an officer base, a first-time caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get right down to it. Uh, I think the more we're talking about it, everybody's saying, uh, well, he's gonna be, he has to be convicted because if he's not, all the other brought, cases brought uh, to him are gonna be, are gonna look bad if he's not. Okay, mm-hmm. I think we're setting, we're setting him up ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why are we talking so much about? You know they're gonna, you know they're gonna convict them. You think so? Because if they don't, I think so. Because even though if it's a bunch of crap, why? Because if he doesn't brag and and all his uh, supporters are gonna look bad, and everything else is gonna crumble. Well, so they're, 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 they will convict him, and and uh, and uh, I think even if Trump takes it to the, I don't know how far he can go on the courts. I mean, maybe to yep. all the Supreme Court. I don't know about that. But I, he would fight it all the way through. But they will convict him because if they don't, all the other cases, like you have said, will fall apart. Yeah, well, that's part of the issue. But a guy like Alvin Bragg isn't worried about anybody but himself. What I mean by that is, like, New York's really Correct. bad right now. And Correct. It, I agree with all it that. It would give him a national name to be the guy charging Trump, making history. Correct. And you can, Correct. in the Democratic Party, you can fail at your job and still get thrown into a higher position. Like, look at Pete Booty Judge. He was the mayor of in South Bend, and he was known as Pothole Pete for his inability to provide for the roads. He's now in charge Correct. of the whole country's roads, despite his name being Pothole Pete. So it's a, Bragg wants it's to fail up. Bragg is in like a no lose situation because he obviously wants to win the case. But if he loses hey, it, he Jim, still gets street cred. Go ahead. Right. Hey, Jimmy, um, if this falls apart, how come there's no consequences on blaming or, or trying to convict someone if he's innocent? Why? Why does Trump have to go take a mugshot if he's not convicted yet? Well, well, what kind of uh, what kind well, of system is that? Can you explain to me, please? Well, that is part of the criminal justice system. I mean, he's presumed innocent until proven guilty. All they've done Why right now is they've can, well, that's anybody who ostensibly is accused of allegedly committing a crime. They're saying he allegedly committed a crime. But make no mistake about it. Just so you know, Trump wants the mugshot because he's going to make a lot of money selling it. Yeah, uh, you know. So well, it's because uh, Trump, Trump's a different breed, and uh, yeah, we all know that. I know. Nothing. Nothing's gonna. Nothing's gonna hurt him. He's, he's he's gonna be more popular. I'm a Hispanic from McAllen, and where I live is a Democrat uh, area yep. there in the border. And everybody, everybody here is about turning and wanting Trump back. Oh. All this nonsense that Hispanics don't want him. All this nonsense, yep. Telemundo Univision. Yep. There, it's a lie. No, it's, uh, I, we listen, all need Trump back. Listen, they want a secure border, and uh, they like that he fights the power. Good stuff, Adrian. Uh, we'll do it again. My man Andy McCarthy's got to follow that heat. Wish him luck. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. He is a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York and a Fox News contributor. Andy McCarthy back on the show. Hello, sir. Jimmy, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little surprised you're not out printing up Trump mugshot T-shirts and getting rich like everybody else. (laughs) 
Well, if everybody does it, how am I going to get rich off it? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping. If, I'm hoping you're going to help me with another angle. I know we got to come up with something. I don't know what it is, but there's there is money to be made off of this thing. I mean, it's a it's a sad, crazy story. Uh, yeah. But yes, maybe by the end of the interview, we'll come up with some some type of uh, alternative programming. Um, yeah, it, can't, it can't be representing Trump because he seems that doesn't seem very lucrative. <laughs> he goes through his lawyers. It's a high turnover rate. The uh, yeah, it really is. the Trump representative has the shelf life of a carnival goldfish. Remember those goldfish? <laughs> get in a bag, be dead by the time he got back to the house. Not pretty. Right, right. Not pretty. Um, let's start big. Okay, it's the first time in the 246 year history of the country. We're prosecuting a former president. Does the type of charge rise to the level uh, that would warrant crossing the Rubicon, as Bill Barr called it? No. And that is the most disturbing thing about this. I think, you know, to the extent that people say nobody is above the law and the president and uh, former president and someone who's a current presidential candidate shouldn't be above the law, I think we could all agree with that as a matter of principle. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to have an intrusion of law enforcement into electoral politics, especially when we see how disastrously that's gone since 2016, mm-hmm. um, it really ought to be a very serious case that the average person would look at and say, yep, that's a crime. It absolutely deserves to be prosecuted. And if it was me, I would be prosecuted for it. And it's got to have very convincing evidence. And to me, this doesn't come anywhere near either of those things. And the overlay here that's even worse is that if you're dealing with the federal government, at least you're dealing with appointed prosecutors who get vetted by the Senate to make mm-hmm. sure they won't use their political, mm-hmm. you know, their law enforcement power for political purposes. Here you have the state system where it's an elected progressive Democrat DA who won office by vowing to his constituents <laughs> that he'd go after Trump, which uh, to mm-hmm. me really kills the credibility of this thing from the start. Yeah, it's, it's impossible not to take it as politically motivated. Everybody ran on, I'm going to get this guy. That was the centerpiece right. of the platform. We're talking to Andy McCarthy. Um, let me ask you this. Knowing that to be the case, uh, is the president right, and do you expect them to file a motion to change the venue of the trial? I expect them to file one. I don't expect it to succeed. Okay. And I'm pro- I may be, Jimmy, the like the worst person mm-hmm. um, to make that pitch to because, you know, back in the 90s, I tried terrorist in that, you know, yeah. the federal courthouse is like across the street from yep. where that state courthouse is. Mm-hmm. We were like eight blocks away from the World Trade Center with the, which the terrorists bombed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, yeah. these guys came in and said, everybody hates us and we can't possibly get a fair trial. In New York City, and mm-hmm. I think if those guys yeah. had a stand trial in New York, it's a, it's a hard it's a hard bar to meet. All right. Well, uh, I'll tell uh, I'll tell all my cousins in Staten Island not to get their hopes up. Like <laughs> 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 I want to see the motorcade. Maybe not. You're gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to pay that toll and cross the Verrazano like everybody else. Uh, what I, I think you get, the judge will tell him. Sure, I'll change the venue. How about Bed Stuy? You want to <laughs> you want to get tried in Brooklyn? <laughs> we can do that. That's funny. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Uh, I was reading earlier in the day, and now we don't know that this is true, but the 
The prevailing sentiment right now is that he's being charged with 34 counts. Uh, But in order for someone to accurately know he was being charged with 34 counts, wouldn't that speak to someone uh, potentially leaking this from the grand jury procedures, which is, I believe, unlawful grand jury disclosure is a class E felony. Is there the potential here that someone's committed a felony by leaking the details of this uh, grand jury finding? Shocking, isn't it? Yeah, right. Um, Well, Look, we're having this conversation about the mm-hmm. indictment, yep. right? We know it's been filed, and yep. we know the guy's coming in to get arraigned on it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So there's an awful lot of stuff out there that we're not supposed to know that's supposed to be filed under seal. Yeah, And the procedure is supposed to be they file it under seal, and then they notify counsel for the defendant who can then you know arrange to come in and surrender, or they can arrange an arrest or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So there's already a lot out there that we don't know. But, you know, I think this is one of these cases, Jimmy, where it's this is not like the usual thing, Mm -hmm. but this case has been investigated for years Mm -hmm. by the federal authorities and then the state authorities, uh, Cy Vance before Bragg. And there's been a lot of interchange and and, uh, discussion between Trump's lawyers and lawyers for the feds and lawyers for the state. Mm -hmm. This is one of these cases where, like, for seven years, everybody's kind of known what it is and what the facts are. Um, so I just think there's a lot of information out there about it already. Okay, that would make sense, too. We're talking to Andy McCarthy, uh, Fox News contributor. He's got some great work up at National Review. You spoke to Bill Barr about this? I did. We had a uh, a National Review Institute conference last week, and we closed it with uh, – I got to <clears throat> talk to Bill for half an hour on a variety of things. Did he make you play the bagpipes or no? You know, I wanted to leave the bagpipes out there for him to entertain us, but he, he wasn't up for it that day. Uh, too bad, though. He's great at it, uh, well, actually. He's um, actually great. He's great when he's on the show. And what I appreciate about him is the impartiality in that, you yeah. know, he, he's at odds with President Trump on a lot of things, but he was the first guy to call this call shenanigans on what this is. So this is what I wanted to ask you. You know, there's this this, you know, mindset out there that prosecutors always want to win the first case because obviously if it falls, you know, it may, in fact, taint what could be, you know, subsequent cases in Georgia or maybe at the federal level right. with classified documents. Do you think they are concerned in Georgia about the fact that Bragg decided to bring this case on a precarious legal standing the way he has? I think they are. And I think they'd be concerned the Justice Department, too, where the, you know, the special mm-hmm. counsel's working on the yep. federal cases. But the thing is, just because this is politically motivated mm-hmm. doesn't mean there's one political motivation. Mm-hmm. So like the Democratic Party has one set of motives and all these ambitious prosecutors. Mm-hmm. I was one once, so I can I can yeah. speak to this. Um, you know, they have their motives. But the thing is, Bragg's motives aren't necessarily the same as the Democratic Party writ large okay. because he got elected by these, you know, progressive Democrats in New York mm-hmm. whose thing is they want Trump prosecuted. They don't even really care. I don't think that much how the case comes out. I mean, they, yeah. they obviously want him convicted, but they want the process used against them. Yes. That's what Bragg promised them. So even if it hurts some other cases, it helps Bragg politically with the people he's trying to please. You know what? I agree a thousand percent because there's the potential here for him to fail up. He doesn't need the conviction. Yeah, he gets. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the panache of being like, hey, I'm the guy that charged Trump. I mean, he's going to rival Eric Adams for free bottle service around the city before this is over. <laughs> well, I do think that we're looking at this all wrong because we, we tend to look at at this kind of stuff in terms of success and failure. Mm-hmm. And to my mind, 
progressives look at process as something to be used punitively against the other side. Mm -hmm. And what they're trying to do is create an atmosphere of intimidation. It doesn't really matter that much if they ultimately win the case or lose the case. Mm -hmm. They put the other side through humiliation. They make you run up your legal fees. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a mugshot. Maybe you get a perp walk. But they not only humiliate you, you stand as an example to everyone they hate that if you dare cross us, this is what happens that, to you. Yeah, that, I don't think they care that much about the outcome. No, that is so true. I think every billionaire in America who's on the outskirts of politics but has ever once mentioned in conversation they'd like to run someday, I think they're all getting an anonymous DVD tomorrow of Trump's arrangement. <laughs> right. Right. If that's that's because the the uh, the one they already have of Kavanaugh's confirmation is fail. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing, but it's it's a coping mechanism because it's true. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to keep kicking around on ideas on how to make money off of this. If you don't think the T-shirt, the silkscreen and things going to take off, I'll look into some other I means. I like the goldfish. I think we can work with the goldfish. <laughs> All right, let me get let me get my people on it. I have some connections down in <laughs> my old taxi garage. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll back channel with you later in the day. But I appreciate your time today, Andy. All right, thanks, thanks so much. Me. You have a great day. There he goes, the great Andy McCarthy. Uh, his sit down with Bill Barr. I watched it this morning. Uh, their National Review Symposium. The Barr stuff is really fascinating, and I know a lot of, like, dyed-in-the-wool Trump people hate Bill Barr. Oh, the Barr! Come on, Barr! And it's funny how transactional politics is, because if you remember, and it's something that McCarthy just spoke to, Democrats like using the process as the punishment. We're going to put you in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. We're going to exhaust you financially by having to pay for attorneys. We're going to wear you out in the court of public opinion by besieging you. With one allegation after the other, we're going to flood the zone. Not a quality allegation, a quantity of allegations. That was the reference he made to Brett Kavanaugh. You understand when Brett Kavanaugh was sitting in line to be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice, the Democrats brought back about 30 allegations in a week, and they were absurd. Okay, the main accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, who got the ball rolling, didn't know where it happened or what year or who was there. She had no friends who could corroborate her story, yet she showed up and the Democrats rallied right behind her. Kavanaugh is a rapist. We got to stall these proceedings, pull the nomination. Now we're getting nominations from Michael Avenatti. This guy will say anything. And said anything. Guy actually went to jail for saying anything. And oh, by the way, ripped off Stormy Daniels along the way. Okay, defrauded Nike along the way. But not only did they piggyback off of Avenatti, but they claimed, they claimed, this is the media, that this guy was a legitimate presidential nominee. Do you remember this? You got lucky tonight. We're back with attorney Michael Avenatti. He is a main player. Sitting beside me right now. I'm not going to let you cheat. You, you have to guess. Uh, and hint, his name is Michael Avenatti. Okay. <laughs> and, um, Look, I think you're doing a hell of a job. I don't think you're in this for money. To me, you're like <laughs> the Holy Spirit. You are oh. all places <laughs> at all times. He's out there saving the Look, country. You know what? I'm, He's a rock star, I think. It'll be interesting to see his next check. Absolutely. Michael Avenatti for president in 2020. <laughs> He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael, Avenatti. Existential threat to the Trump presidency. Please welcome attorney Michael Avenatti. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. 
uh, wrote about this, saying you're currently leading the pack among 2020 contenders on, on the Democratic side. What do Democrats value most? If they decide they value a fighter most, yes. people would be foolish to underestimate Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast, and he keeps popping Donald Trump and all of his folks in the mouth repeatedly. He's a beast. Michael Avenatti is a beast. Shut up, fool. Michael Avenatti is an inmate for extorting Nike. Isn't that a great moment where Brian Stelter says, yeah, one of the reasons I take you seriously as a presidential contender or the Chris Matthews thing I like about you is you're not in for the money. That was embarrassing. <laughs> but why do they like Avenatti? He's garbage. Complete. I mean, totally 1,000% full of but they loved him because he was willing to get on TV and bring forth a new allegation every day. As Andy McCarthy was saying, the Democrats love to use the process as the punishment. That's what the Mueller probe was. That's what the Kavanaugh confirmation is. That's what tomorrow's indictment is. It's punishment. You don't need to be guilty of something to be punished for it. Okay, And it is a message to potential outsiders who might want to run for president down the road is, hey, you give this a go. You don't go through the traditional lobbyist channels, a conventional D.C. swamp. We are coming for you. And that's exactly what they're doing. And the McCarthy conversation with Bill Barr speaks to that. You might not like Bill Barr, but that's how transactionally stupid our politics are. Every Democrat in the world hated Bill Barr after the Mueller probe was over because they decided there was collusion. But Bill Barr just wouldn't let anybody see it. <laughs> not even a little bit. If you read the Mueller probe. No. Okay, but then, of course, after the 2020 election, they're like, well, there is fraud, but Bill Barr won't let anybody investigate it. <laughs> Me and Bill Barr had a great conversation here on the air. I interviewed him for an hour. You can go look it up in the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, excuse me, the foxacrossamerica.com page, because that's where it would be uh, if you get the podcast anywhere else. Uh, but Bill Barr talked to me about in the post-election fallout of 2020, all of the clowns, okay, that were showing up to the White House and telling Trump that it was stolen and it happened here and it happened there and it happened in the next place, were going into the court of law and making a completely different argument. That's just how white folks will do you. Why? Because there was an argument that would get them into the White House so they could have booze and hobnob with models in the Oval Office. Hubba, hubba. True story. But then there was an argument they needed to try in court that had any type of legal standing to it. I'm not telling you I know for a fact the election was stolen. I certainly don't have any proof of that. I also can't look at Biden and offer you proof that it wasn't stolen. I mean, if the feds did it, they didn't like do it in an email. We're all going to find out someday. OK, but the only reason people don't trust the legitimacy of the 2020 election is not because Trump told them it was stolen. It's because the Democrats spent the previous four years showing us that nothing was beneath them when it came to eliminating Donald Trump. Don't ever forget, all the Democrats who say it's treason to tell you an election was stolen had this to say about 2016. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Huh, you don't say. But that's the scam of this moment. It's not about being above the law. It's not about being found guilty. 
It's about taking a process, an accusation, and hanging it over your head. The Democrats said it was treason to question the legitimacy of an election. They said that after four years of questioning an election. Okay, the Democrats are now telling you in this instance, ah, no one's above the law as they let violent criminals out of the street left and right. They might be very well violating the law as a classy felony by releasing, you know, details of this grand jury indictment. So the point is, this is not about finding him guilty. This is about hanging a cloud over his head that they can use to taint any future idea or ambition for the office. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa, how's this for a programming change? Tomorrow night... I was supposed to be a guest on Gutfeld, highest rated late night show in the country. But during the commercial break, we have just confirmed that I will be hosting Gutfeld tomorrow night. Oh, girl. Take off the apron. Jenny Fallon, we are going out tonight. Actually, we're not going out. I got to write a monologue. Put the apron back on. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> anyway, uh, I am scheduled tonight to be on Hannity with Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, I will be on Fox and Friends. And tomorrow night, yes, I will be hosting Gutfeld, filling in for our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, the rest of the way today, I'm available to you on the Twitter, on the Facebook Messenger. If you, you know, missed a part of the show, you want to hear the Pete Hegseth interview with a full Andy McCarthy Go to foxacrossamerica.com. We're waking up in a new world tomorrow where for the first time in the 246-year history of the country, we have indicted a United States president. If ever there was a time for our mantra to be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.